We here at Sports Best Friends acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the traditional custodians of the land, water and sky throughout Australia on which we record. We recognise their strength, diversity, resilience and deep connection to country. We pay our respects to Elders of the past, present and future as they hold the memories, knowledge and spirit of Australia. Welcome back to the Big Cat Chat podcast, uh, the award-winning for the greatest podcast in the world. Um, I, I made up that award, I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> Still counts. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, my name is Jack Martin. I'm joined by my co-host, Nat Sinclair. How are you, Nat? I'm great, Jack. How are you? Very good, thank you. Um, we've won again. <laughs> it's the we same did. intro. Everyone. <laughs> I actually thought I was going to mess you during the middle of the game and because I, I actually thought probably for the whole second half that maybe we'd lose, um, which I was, you know, strangely okay with. Um, and I was going to message you and say, well, at least we've got some things to talk about. Um, but then we won. <laughs> we um, Even the games that we, we looked like losing, we won. It was just such a strange feeling, I think, being down on the scoreboard um, because I think the only time that's happened this year was probably against Parramatta. We've pretty much led all our other games. I think at all times um, or thereabouts. So being the fact that it was the second half, like 15 minutes to go and we we're down on the scoreboard, I was like, oh, geez, like last time this happened, we lost, you know, is, is are we going to lose again? But nope, another win. Yeah, I um, <laughs> I thought we were going to lose that game for a bit as well. Like, yeah. Yeah, like that midway point in the second half, I was just like stood there silent. And like, yeah, like I, I agree with like the fact that like it would have been good for the podcast, but in that very moment, I was so pissed off, and mm. I was just relieved to um to get the win. Um, but yeah, I it's it was a weird situation because yeah, we don't get it much now, and I was like, I it used to be like from minute one to minute eighty for us pretty much every week. Yeah, <laughs> and now I'm like. Yeah, getting the shits that we were down for like 15 minutes in a game against the Roosters. Well, I was even thinking to myself, I was like, you know what? You don't learn from wins. Like maybe this is going to be a good thing for us in the long term. I'd fully accepted and was rather fine with the idea of a loss. Um, so it's, yeah, to, to have a win, I was like, oh, okay, there, there we go again. Well, <laughs> I but- had my credit to the Roosters tweet already. Oh, nice. Yeah, your going. <laughs> yeah. So, and then we won anyway. So that's great. Um, you know, it obviously wasn't the greatest um, performance, but if that's what winners do, you don't play your best and you still win. And I'm so fine with that. I don't expect a mind-blowing performance every single week, especially in this period now with the origin being kind of involved. Like they're obviously a little bit tired. There's a lot going on. Um, the vast majority of those players played in rep rounds. They didn't get a rest the week before. Um, so if we can play like that and still win through this origin period, that's a huge win for us in the long scheme of things. Yeah, like I'm I'm happy for like us to just keep getting the two points throughout this middle period because like I 
I hate the middle part of the season so much nowadays. Like, I feel like the competition yeah. drops off so hard. Yeah. And yeah, it almost just becomes about yeah, getting the win each week rather than playing really well. Um, but you know we're almost completely through that period now and it's it's getting to the exciting time of the year there's what like Mm. six games left or something like that and we are what we're six points clear at the top aren't we yeah i was thinking about today so we have um after the the buy round um there are eight rounds to go um and we are three wins, six points, three wins, and over 100 for and against points ahead of second. Um, and then if you look at the ladder, so the team coming eight are on 18 points and we're on 30 points. So we are um, six wins ahead of that game. So we pretty much locked ourselves into the top eight, everybody. If anyone was stressed about that, we're there. Um, and it looks like we've um, probably, you know, I guess in, in order for us to lose that minor premiership, Melbourne or the Cowboys would need to win four more games than, than we do in the next eight weeks. Um, so we need to, so we need to lose half, the, half our games and they have to win yes, the rest of the Yes, and they need to win. Yeah, exactly. So it's um, crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. <laughs> but, um, yeah, awesome signs for us. I think the most exciting part of now about the, the draw is that kind of like fifth onwards is all very, like I'm looking at the ladder in front of me now and fifth is on 20 points and then you've got the Roosters and the Raiders 10th and 11th on 14 points. Um, so it's quite close in that little kind of fifth to 11th um, group. Um, and yeah, I'm really keen to see how that kind of, um, that plays out. I actually thought to myself too, and this is not really Penrith related, but we don't like Parramatta on this podcast, so it works. <laughs> Parramatta need to watch them. They've actually genuinely need to watch themselves in terms of losing these games. They should be winning because I know it sounds crazy, but they're on 20 points. Ninth is on 16 points. That's not a guaranteed eight position. Yeah, no, it's that. It's the strengthening of the the middle third of the teams yeah. on the ladder. It can really yeah. be quite dangerous for those teams that are sort of pushing for the four but not quite making it. Definitely. And, like, I know they're on level points with the Broncos, but I would say at this moment that I'd have the Broncos as an absolute lock. And I've got I would too. They're, they're winning the games like, they need to. Yeah. I've got Parramatta at, like, 80% of the way. But, mm. like... It, it could realistically happen that they miss the eight, which, like, I, I mean, I don't think it will, but... I doubt it. Like, yeah, yeah. But it, I mean, it's a, it is a plausible possibility, which I didn't realise until I looked at the eight and I realised, oh, my gosh, there's at least probably five games this year. They should te- conceivably could be on the similar points to us if they had won all the games they should have. Um, so, you know, especially with teams like the, you know, the Rabbitohs obviously had a big win over Parramatta. We'll see if that actually continues into some form. Um, I mean, the Dragons keep winning. I think everyone expects them to drop out of the eight as they always do, but they just keep winning. Um, Manly are looking, I mean, they beat Melbourne and the Roosters played really well against us on the weekend. So if they can continue that form, they might get some wins. I think it might be a bit too late for the Roosters, but there are some really competitive teams down the bottom there. So really really excited to see how that all works out like by no means am I saying that I think Eels will miss the eight I don't think they'll miss the eight but it is possible looking at the letter now 
Yeah, it's one hundred percent within the realms of possibility. And when you mm. look at those those three teams in ninth, tenth, and eleventh, the Seagulls, Roosters, and Raiders, mm. neither of those three have had their buy yet. Whereas, Didn't think of that. yeah, whereas the teams from um, fourth to eighth all have. So wow, they're going to get an extra two points advantage of them on them. So mm. the uh, if the Dragons don't win this week. They'll drop down to ninth. Mainly we'll get into that eighth spot. Yeah, because um, the Dragons have a negative 74 and against. Mm. But then, like, if that happens, so if the Dragons lose and Parramatta lose, then there's only, there's still about two points away from in the eight and ninth. Yeah. You know, crazy, crazy. Yeah, the fact that Parramatta is closer to ninth than we are to second is, like, I know. insane. It is so wonderful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, what a beautiful I, season. No complaints here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm loving it at the moment. I think um, I almost, you know what? I'm going to say I don't think it's Panthers and Storm right now. I think it's Panthers and Cowboys. Me in too. terms of who's head and shoulders above the rest, Cowboys have beaten Storm this year comfortably. Um, Storm, I'm like getting to the point where I'm like, I think we spoke about them the last time we recorded in our little mid-season review, and we talked about the fact that they just don't seem to be themselves. They don't have that intimidating aura anymore. They're very beatable. I mean, that was confirmed on the weekend um, when they lost to Manly, which is just a very big surprise. Um, And I just think, yeah, the Cowboys have pretty much had their one slip up has been against us and they lost 22-0. But apart from that, I I really do see it as Penrith and Cowboys at the moment. Um, And then the rest. Well, yeah, it's it's pretty insane. Like the the way that the the storm have had some of their performances this year, and like I mean, yeah, like you're right. Last week was like a great example of it, where mm. yeah, they don't hold that same like fear. No. Well, like, like they don't put that fear into the opposition, and mm. I'm still wary of them. Um, because I know that it could probably just happen at any moment. Yeah. And um, like Cameron Munster will just drop like a, a 10 out of 10 exactly. game. An original um, one kind of style game. Well, yeah, like I I, I actually think that um, everyone looks at Origin Gagai so much that they don't realise how much Origin Munster's a bit of a thing. Um, yeah, totally. Um, and, but all it takes is, yeah, like a great performance from someone like him or like a Harry Grant, and yeah. it does change so many things. But, yeah, like on form at the moment, I would have the Cowboys above them. Yeah, me too. And, yeah, they impress me every week. Um, Storm's still worrying me, say, though. Oh, they do. Yeah. The team, uh, I mean, irrespective of everything we've said on this podcast so far today, the team that worries me is Parramatta because they really yeah. can, we know they can beat us. And that is mentally, um, especially the fact that all of our games for the last two years, they've been decided pretty much except for that random outlier game where we won by heaps um, when they had no players, but they've been decided by like two points. You know, it's, it is a stressful situation and it plays on you mentally. So I still think that Parramatta are the team I'm worried about the most. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Like they could, I think I was listening to, and, and he said, Denon said this week that um, no matter what performances the Eels turn up 
from the next from this week onwards, he still considers them a premiership threat. And I actually entirely agree with him because you know that no matter what they dish up, no matter how many games they lose against teams they should win, you know that they can turn up on their day and they will against whoever they need, like the top, top teams. Um, so they're still, I think they're still our number one threats. So do you think they are just as likely as any other team that there's been, if not more likely, um, to be the first team from outside of the top four to win the comp under this kind of final system? Um, I think we will win the competition. And I'm fairly, I'm feeling very good about that. But then I think to myself, who would beat us? And I think it's Parramatta. So I guess, yes, I, I do think that. Um, it's weird. If we somehow ended up on the wrongs, I think we're the team that Parramatta needs to play if they want to win it. I don't know if they'll win it against other teams. <laughs> it sounds crazy, but like if it was a Panthers Power Grand Final, I feel like they're more likely to win that game than if it was a Para Cowboys Grand Final. Yeah, I think the Cowboys would pump them. Um, I reckon yeah, they have it's a, a go. mental thing. Yeah. yeah. I, reckon, I reckon they'd have a good go against the Storm because they have a decent record yes. against them at the moment. They do. But Storm still have that finals hoodoo over them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, look, I'm so excited for the rest of it. I just think this is a this is probably the most exciting season in the past couple of years. Um, I know that it's good and well for us to say that because but there are very interesting stories mixed up in it and I kind of feel like it's been missing the past couple of years the interesting stories um and yeah it's really excited to see this this run home yeah yeah so am I I, I can't wait for this like next sort of run of games that we go on like yeah, obviously same. we have the bye this week, but then we have the Tigers, which is a bit of a rivalry for us, and the Sharks, which is a test, mm. and then the big yeah. one, Parramatta. Oh, I Jesus. cannot wait for that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, exciting times ahead, isn't it? Very exciting. It's your way with the Premiership. Okay, on to the news coming out of the NRL. Uh, the Warriors, they finally returned to New Zealand. And didn't they do it in style? Yeah, they got a win, which is very exciting. Um, yeah, I mean, it's probably a little bit hindered by the news this week that Reese Walsh will be going to Brisbane next year. Yeah. Um, I feel like, yeah, it's, it's it, and I understand. I think Reese is split up with his partner and he still wants to see, so, so his partner's not willing to move to New Zealand, which is understandable from her point of view. Um, and he still wants to see his child, and that is super important. Um, at the same time, I'm sure the Warriors would just get sick of hearing that. <laughs> um, so I feel bad for the Warriors. It looks like they're going to be getting Tamari Martin, and um, they've signed CMK as well. And, like, if I'm being totally honest, the Warriors might win out here. Yeah, no, two two excellent players, like, Chance himself is a former warrior. Um, yeah. I remember him scoring a double against us once. Um, yeah. And then Tamari, I mean, we know how good he is. Um, and like his be. versatile, he can play different. He's a really good defensive fullback, which has really helped um, Brisbane this year. And that's one thing I don't think Reese Walsh has in his game right now. So it's going to be interesting how that affects the dynamics of both teams. Um, but you know, I'm happy that at least the Warriors this time they're getting two really good, decent players 
that really actually want to go there, which is nice. You know, it'd be nice for them to have players who want to go and play with them for the past couple of years after just having people people wanting to leave. I saw that tweet that you liked um, where someone said something like, um, before they complete the signing of Tamari Martin, can they make sure that he knows that it's in New yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's just kind of ludicrous, isn't it, <laughs> by now? Um, it's crazy. You'd be so frustrated as their fans or anyone who lived in New Zealand. Like, it's a bloody nice place. I'd live there. Um, so I think I'm, I'm very... Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So I'm really happy they've at least got that coming for them. And it was awesome to see them go home, get the win. Um, really happy times for the Warriors. Yeah, like I almost feel like if I could live in any other country in the world, it would be New Zealand. Oh, without a doubt. Like and, I wouldn't even think twice about it. Yeah, and like like maybe these like footy players just need to give it a chance. <laughs> see that I think as well. And nice. like this, because like if I think to myself, obviously right now, would I move to a different state? I'm like, no, all my friends are here, blah, blah, blah. But then when you're in a footy team, you kind of have some ready-made friends. You've got your teammates. You make new friends. And then, you know, you yeah. make friends with their families and that kind of thing. So honestly, I think I just, I don't, I don't personally understand um, why you, you wouldn't move over there for a little part of your life. Um, but also, I'm not these. I'm not the people that are making those decisions. So yeah, I see it. Kind of, it's frustrating for the Warriors. Obviously, sometimes there are valid excuses, but you would be bloody sick of it. <laughs> yeah, like I understand this reasoning. Um, yeah, I do. I get this like, one. Yeah, because um, yeah, family does mean more. But um, yeah, in the past, that excuse has been a bit of a cop out at times. Um, yeah, um, Nathan Brown. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, so yeah like I, I understand, understand yeah. with Reese the fact that there's been a relationship breakdown, which has happened for the past couple of months. And if he goes to New Zealand, he's never seen his daughter. Um, and that's a problem. But when your family just simply doesn't want to move with you, that to me is a little bit, is, is a little bit more, more clutching at that excuse. Yeah, yeah, it's... It definitely um, it puts another level on it. Like we do sometimes forget that these people are humans. Yeah. Um, and things happen. Being, like it's. Yeah. I mean, he's super young. It's not abnormal to break up with a partner, mm. you know. Um, so yeah. Yeah. What he's like twenty, isn't he? Yeah, he's literally so young. Yeah. Like super, super young. So I, you know, I get it. Um. Which that reminds me, you had a birthday the other day. Happy birthday. Yeah, not 20. Um, <laughs> close enough, 29. Thank you. Exciting times, almost 30. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, at least, you know, we definitely know you'll be married before 30. I will. I will be married before 30. <laughs> Just before 30, two months before 30. But um, very exciting. Was that? Was that part of the um, decision-making at all for when, like, picking the date? Oh, not really. Um, I think many we, we got engaged in November last year. So I, 18 months is kind of like a nice time to give yourself enough time for planning and stuff. But with all the um, COVID, like, weddings and stuff like that that had to be postponed, it just meant that 2022 was pretty much completely out from the get-go. Um, 
so I wanted it to be early 2023, but not too hot because I don't think there's anything worse than going to a wedding and just sweating, especially oh, like you guys yeah. in suits. And like we've been to a few January weddings and it's like beautiful, but oh my gosh, the weather is just a nightmare. So I wanted to get kind of as close to winter without it being too cold. So I thought April was a perfect time for that. So yeah, it's all worked out nicely. It actually reminds me, um, you're talking about like the weather element of it. Mm. Um, Friday night was so, such miserable conditions, right? Yeah. I actually noticed like not very long into the game, I saw one of the team... Uh, cheerleaders was like just in the crowd in regular clothes um, oh, I saw that too um I saw a few girls I used to cheer with who I follow on Instagram and they got like given an early mark or something yeah like so I was gonna say is that like is that like a thing that they just do when it's wet weather like that um that never happened when I was there oh, but no. when I was there why would you, I mean, I know everybody, like I have to admit, a lot of the cheerleaders may not necessarily be huge footy fans and that's totally fine. Like they can probably see it as like a dance job. Um, I did not see it as a dance job. I didn't care about the dancing. I just wanted to be there, obviously, to watch the game. So usually when it rained, they'd put us in the tunnel or put us in our little room upstairs. So then I would like literally beg them for a poncho. Um, so we'd get our ponchos on and go and sit out in our ponchos. If I wanted, I'd usually recruit like two or three girls who were brave enough to do it with me. And we just go out sitting in our ponchos. <laughs> so we look like little ghosts. Um, but um, yeah, look, if that was me and they told me to go, I'd be like, I'm not leaving. <laughs> I'm just going to watch in the tunnel the whole time. Um, but yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I was thinking like those can't be like nice conditions to be out there in. But then like... It's not, but like you get over it. Do you know what I mean? Like Yeah, because everyone else is. In that weather. Yeah, and it's like once you get... The worst part with any sort of playing sport in the rain or anything like that is just getting out there and getting rained on initially. Once you're there and you like you're absolutely soaking, you're like, you know what? This is the way it is. Who cares? I'm gonna just sit here now. I've already gotten rained on. You know, we're good. May as well get more rained on. Um, so yeah, like conditions at Penrith sometimes were challenging with the rain and like being super cold, but it was bloody worth it. Yeah, uh I can completely imagine why if say someone had only ever been to Penrith Stadium in like the middle of winter why they would think yeah. it's the worst place in the world yeah um because yeah it's it's very challenging and then especially on nights like that um I actually got there at like 5 p.m mm. I don't know why so I basically just had to sit in the rain for nearly three hours before the game even started uh, yeah, it's. I remember last year, um, the Roosters game. It was pouring with rain too. It was too, around the yeah. same time. Yeah, I think that was the last game that we had at um, Blue Bet before they took it to Queensland. Um, and it was absolutely pouring with rain. And I think we were down twelve mil to start it. So maybe it's a Roosters curse thing. But yeah, not the loveliest conditions at Penrith sometimes. And then it's super hot at the beginning of the season too. You really can't win. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like early season games. It's like what you're talking about with people in suits or weddings. And then, yeah, towards like the middle part of the season, you are absolutely freezing to death. But there's like, really no happy medium. Yeah, I kind of like that though. Like, yeah, that it's I not like it. going to be a comfortable place for the opposition. Yeah. Um, which seamless segue onto the Panthers will be staying there next year. 
very exciting. I remember when we talked about this earlier in the season, we kind of thought what, like, um, we were like, that would be amazing, but that's definitely not going to happen. Like, no chance. So the fact that it's <laughs> happened is so exciting. Yeah, I think we, I think we uh, definitively ruled it out, didn't we? We did. Yeah, we're like, that's not happening. Ah, well, you know, we, we had to be wrong eventually. Yes. Uh-huh. I'm glad we're wrong on this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a win-win because um, as much as I like Combank Stadium, I live right in the centre of Penrith. So oh, amazing. It's much easier for me uh, to do that. Like, it's easier for like, everybody. Like, it makes sense, you know. Yeah. Paramount isn't too far, but, like, if you live in Penrith, it makes sense that it's in Penrith. It makes it 10 times easier for everybody. And I can imagine financially that it's a big win for the club because like, yeah. there's the leagues club across the road. Yeah. Which I imagine is like 99% of the reason why the club would have been adamant about the new stadium being in that area anyway, because it would make no sense to move it away from where the leagues club is. Exactly. Um. But yeah, it's just a bit of a win with the fact that we get to stay there and maintain that home ground advantage at least um i yeah i i was i'm a bit um disappointed that it means i have to stay on the hill again um because i've I've, (laughs) i i've i've officially become a, a hill hating person really yeah i used to love it now now i just can't handle it anymore i wow i think it's a hill hater I think it's because um, it's the hill that I sit on. Yeah. Because you're a family hill person, aren't you? Yes, I would never go to Drunk Hill. Yeah. See, I go on Drunk Hill because I occasionally like to have one, maybe two beers at the footy. Yeah, yeah. Um, But what that means is that I'm on the hill, the only hill where people can drink. So Mm. a lot of the time I'm just surrounded by idiots and like a bunch of like people just carrying on who are clearly just there to get hammered rather than be at the footy. Yeah. And sometimes it can take away from the experience. So I'm like, cause I was always, I would always sit in the general admission, but in the seats. Um, but obviously I would too. Yeah, yeah, I would they too. got rid of that this year. So I'm hoping that since we're staying that they can like change that back. Yeah. Because like, you just get caught up I in think, so many, yeah, idiots having to be there. Yeah, and I feel like they probably did it. Um, they probably did the seating thing just to make a bit more money out of Premiership year, but it'd be interesting oh, yeah. to see that. Yeah, yeah what happened there. But, yeah, Drunk Hill is just not enjoyable. No. No, I, 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 I do not like it at all, and I don't like the fact that, like, if I want to have a beer at the footy, I have to be there. Yeah. Like, I'm completely on board with keeping the family hill. That needs to stay as it is. Um, I agree. But there needs to be, yeah, I think, an opportunity for people to be able to sit in the seats and also have a beer. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, It's too much. It's just... You get people, I feel, on Drunk Hill that aren't even there to watch the football. No, they're not. Yeah. And it's just... It's really frustrating, um, especially with those super busy games. Well, yeah, like the, f- the fact that it's packed this year as well on top of that. And it's like, like round one, someone did like a, 
a bunch of people made like a beer snake with the cups and it's like, oh, yeah, very funny, ha-ha. But then when yeah. it's happened every single game since and you're like, guys, yes. leave it alone. No one cares. Like, <laughs> It's, um, yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I just, I, I like Family Hill. Um, it's so fun. It was really nice. We went there for the Raiders game. It was lovely. But drunk hill, that's a no. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm 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 close to I'm close to making the switch, to be honest. Yes, good plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm no expert. I just love the game. But more than that, I love the community. If you're a fan of rugby league or the NRL, you'll love Big T's Tees. Unique, affordable, and made for fans. Find a link to the online store in the show notes below. You'd look good in one of Big T's tees. Uh, so the NRL has had a bit of drama with the six agains. Uh, once again, you know, there mm. was the incident on Sunday's game where in the final set of play, there was a six again called against the, the Dragons, but with two seconds to go as the Raiders are looking for a yeah. match-winning play. And then on the very next play, uh, Ben Hunt, who I love, but was blatantly in an offside position, yeah, made an yeah. early tackle. And like that in itself should have been a penalty. But yeah. it raises the point about where the six again lets the attacking team down sometimes mm. and leaves it open to exploitation of just keep giving away six agains because the Raiders mm-hmm. were down by two points. And so yeah, the Dragons knew they weren't going to give away a penalty and send it to extra time. Yeah. And, yeah, it just it, raises the question about, like, what do you do with it? Because I've, I've seen a lot of people propose, like, additions to the rule and stuff like that about certain circumstances. Like, they've done that a bit this year with breaking up the field from the 40-metre zone. Yeah. But, like... I'm, I'm not 100% sure where I stand on it, but I'm leaning towards the six again kind of has to go. Yeah, I mean, we survived without it, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, if, sorry, yeah. If we bring it kind of back to the way it was, we know the game can, can run. Do you know what I mean? It's not going to be a disaster not having the six again rule um, because it does make it, that was super unfortunate to see. And you know what? I'm not a refs falter and we know we, we both don't like refs faulting, but I do think that sometimes when you literally have something like that happen to you and there's two points in it and it's right on the buzzer, if there ever is a refs fault, that's when it is. Um, because it did take, it, it was probably a valid, um, it was a penalty really, it should have been a penalty to them to even up the game and at least give them the opportunity to go through to golden point. And they, that was taken away from them through something that was, it was illegal. The, the play was illegal. Um, so it's a really tricky one. Yeah, and, like, it it steals the headline. Yeah, like, it I does. Don't, I don't want to be hate. talking about a referee's decision at the end of the game. Like, no. We really should have been talking about that game, about the fact that Canberra coughed up six out of the 12 points that they conceded through poor goal line dropouts. Yep. yep. Like, which was really funny. Yeah. And, like, if they had lost the game still, even with, like, without the use of six agains and stuff, 
all we would have talked about is that they lost the game with the fact that they gave up a try and then a penalty goal from two dropouts yep. in a row. Yeah. And, and then, like, the fact that, like, the game was played in atrocious conditions and congratulations to everyone who still went out to the game and everything like that. But now, you know, we're sitting here talking about this. We don't normally talk about referee decisions, let alone yep. referee decisions in other games. Exactly. It's, um, it's super unfortunate. Yeah, I, I think I, I, I heard someone from International Rugby League about a year ago talking about how much they love the six again innovation in the NRL and that they want to like bring it in for like the World Cup. And I'm like, I, I just want everyone to see that it's not actually perfect. And yeah, it's probably a bit of an unnecessary not. change because the system before yeah. it's not perfect, but neither is this. So, like, there's no point in doing it. Yeah, I don't. I, it's a hard one. It's a really hard one. Yeah, it's. I, I change my mind on it all the time. To be honest. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. It's super hard. Because yeah, like it's, it, it's definitely had its advantages. Um, but I, yeah, I like it. Cause I like that. It's like a it quickens up the game. Um, I think yeah. that's, I, I like that a lot. And I like the way they've changed it this year a little bit to kind of those amendments around the rule have been really positive. Um, but seeing it kind of be abused like that is really unfortunate and you can't really knock the player for doing it because I mean, who wouldn't? Oh yeah. That's the, that's the thing. It's like, we talked about it last year when, um, Penrith abused the trainer's powers to stop a game. Yeah. Um, absolutely no blame to any teams that abuse it because you're just playing smart. You'd be stupid not to. And, exactly. Yeah. And teams have always done it throughout the history of rugby league. They figured out a way to exploit a certain rule. And so then a yeah. change has to be made. And yeah. so I feel like at this point, a change has to be made. Like not now, because I don't like rule changes mid season, but yeah. I think it has to be looked at come the end of the year, what they can do. Again, like, I think they need to be prepared to like, if they have to just scrap the rule. Yep. Um, if there's, but, you know, there's too much of a gray area, scrap it. Yeah. But um, I don't really have faith in this current uh, NRL administration to do something like that. Yeah. Um, I think their, their egos kind of get in the way of that. I'll be honest. Yeah, for sure. Um, especially uh, Peter Volandis, who's, uh, I mean, the style of game that we have at the moment under these certain rules is literally, like, named after him in, like, yeah. common talk. So yeah. I don't know whether he'd be able to admit that rules that have his name attached to them are wrong. Yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah, it, it's going to keep happening otherwise. But, yeah, I, 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 I'm really not 100% sure. <laughs> Yeah, what to do without it. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> we have just absolutely sat on the fence with that. That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> the best way of doing anything. <laughs> uh, one final bit of news, the Panthers have retained all of their origin spots. Um, Yippee. Yeah, I, I thought Stephen Crichton might have made way, I'll be honest. Same, but I entirely get um why not to me 
I mean, you, do you change a team that won by 40? Probably not. That's silly. Yeah, like, it. I was, like, going back and forth on it in my own head so often on yeah. just what the centre combination was going to be. Yeah, that's a really hard one. Um, and I yeah. think when Latrell, because I was more keen on Latrell probably being there than Whiten, and that's no, like, Whiten had the best game in game one. He was our best player for sure. But I see Latrell as a real game breaker, so I thought that maybe he could be helpful in, like, a game like that. And then when he ruled himself out, that was helpful because that got rid of that. And then um, I think he's on the right thing because someone actually pointed out something quite smart. They said, would you rather have the best player playing in a game that you lost or keeping the team in a game that you won? I'm like, it's very true. We still lost that first game, even though Jack White was so good in it and it was not his fault at all whatsoever. You just, do you mess with something that obviously worked? Yeah, it's true because like, if we lose this decider and he had made that change, then yeah. all the like talk would have been about how Fitler changed. Yeah. The team that put 40 on Maroons and then went and lost. Yeah. Um, so like, like when, when the decision was made, I was like, Oh yeah, no brainer. Mm-hmm. But before it, I, I could not make my mind up at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just another opportunity for Penrith to carry our proud state once again. Panthers, Panthers, Panthers. So, Nat, last Friday, the Penrith Panthers took on the Sydney Roosters. And in a bit of a scrappy affair, we won 26 to 18. Uh, what did you make of it? Um, yeah, it wasn't our best game, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, as we spoke about earlier in the podcast, winning dirty is still winning and like the ability to do that even when you're not playing very well is and the Roosters probably had arguably one of their best games of the season as well against us um it's still impressive you know yeah it was it was definitely one where you kind of had to look for the positives to take out of it but they were definitely there um yeah the Roosters really stood up to the occasion as you said um and if anything, if I was a Roosters fan, I'd just be more frustrated coming out of that game, knowing that if they played like yeah. that on more occasions this year, they wouldn't be intense. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just, it was a bit of a, Penrith looked a bit tired, um, kind of looked a bit like they didn't want to be there at moments. Um, and I'm just glad that we have the bye this week. Um, Me too, we need it. Yeah, because, like, it was definitely a game of momentum swings yeah. um, where, like, each team was sort of scoring a couple of tries in a row kind of thing. Um, yeah. And it seemed, like, almost impossible at one period for us to wrestle that momentum back from the Roosters. Big time. Um, and... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with the, the, I guess, the character shown in the fight back. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's good to know. Because we're never least. in that position, so it's nice to see we can do it. Yeah, nice to know they have it in them, hey. Yeah, really nice. Um, I'm also glad that we scored, that we won by more than six points because yeah. one of our tries 
was off the most shocking penalty call I swear I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, I know. And, like, that was so disappointing as well that that's what everyone was talking about. Yeah. And, like, that was the dumbest penalty. Like, there was nothing in that. But it was a what great annoyed tackle. me. Yeah, yeah. What annoyed me, though, is that the referee is not the one who missed the tackle that led to the try. There are plenty of teams yeah. that get penalties on their line and they don't concede a try out of it. So I really hate seeing things like the penalty, um, you know, was the reason for the try. No, your defence was the reason for the try. Um, so that's really annoying um, that that even had the platform for that to be said. Yeah, it, it was very annoying that it, it gave the excuse um, because really if you look it at it, the way that Kickhouse steamed into that hole, someone should yeah. have been there to make the tackle. And Definitely. Then, it was really weak. Yeah. Yeah. And then Coruscant's try later on was a very poor effort from the market defense. Yeah. Yep. Um, and yeah, it, it almost gives them a bit of an out, which they really it didn't does. But the coach and their coach is doing that for them. And you know what? If he wants to do that and not keep his players accountable, he can do that. It's not going to yeah. get them anywhere. Yeah, he loves to do that after a game, doesn't he? And, like, to be honest, that was a terrible call. But the rest of them were fine. If you're offside, you're offside, guys. Get onside yeah, and you'll stop I getting th- penalties pulled against you. Like, I saw James Tedesco be like, oh, I feel like we're defending really well, but we kept getting penalties against us. Well, okay, be better disciplined then. Yeah, I couldn't believe that they were talking about the, the penalty count when yeah. it's not the referee's job to make sure that there's an even penalty count. No. It's the referee's job to call a penalty when he sees a penalty. And there were, yeah, there were two times where they were called offside and it was pretty obvious that they were offside too. Yeah. And it's like, mate, it's a penalty. And you get rid of that. You get rid of those two. And then the the penalty that really shouldn't have been one. And you go, well, it's, yeah. It's pretty close, to be honest. Yeah. And the Roosters, like, historically don't really win penalty counts. No, they don't. They're, like, even in their heyday, they weren't very, like, in their, you know, when they were really good. Discipline and errors and things like that were not one of their strong points. It never has been. Yeah, and it's like, they, they still won games playing that style, so obviously you're not going to change it. But yep. it means that occasionally you're going to get, like the ref's going to have to blow the pee out of the whistle. Yeah. And I don't understand this like outcry that you saw from some people. Um, and to be honest, you get it almost every Penrith game now. Um, yeah. Because Penrith are good. And yep. when Penrith slide down the ladder and a new team replaces them, you'll get every team saying that they get piggybacked. Yep. Um, I mean, you had Blues fans saying it about Queensland after game one and then Queensland saying yeah. it about the Blues after game two. <laughs> I so, know. It's so stupid. Like, just because the referee makes a call doesn't mean they're against your team. It means no. they're doing their job. Exactly. And it's a tough job. Um, yeah. so yeah yeah like they make mistakes but then you know so do the roosters exactly it's just yeah part of the game they're humans they will well, make interestingly errors. enough 
I had a little look at the penalties conceded for the year and the Roosters are the number one with 106 penalties and then Melbourne are quite close behind them. And then we're the third team that's considered the most penalties on 99. Um, so this whole, the refs helping Penrith narrative is kind of silly when you look at that. Yeah, no, it's completely ridiculous. Mm. And I'm not sure if he still is. I'm just going to check this right now. But Jerome Luai, a couple of weeks ago, was the most penalised mm. player in the comp. Um, surprised. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not surprised at all. And you um, know why? That's because he he does, like, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. And he's ill-disciplined. And we're not going to sit here and say the referees are out to get Jerome because they're not. No. Well, yeah, okay, I've got it right here. He's the number one with 15 penalties against him. Isaac yeah. Tago is equal second with 13. And then Viliami yep. Kikau has 12. So, yep. so it's not like we're the most disciplined team in the comp. It's, it's that that left edge is apparently very ill-disciplined. Ill and we defend it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like we make sure those penalties don't convert into points. So there's no reason that other teams can't do it. Yeah. Like honestly, sometimes you just got to look at the game and go, that was a great game. Yeah. Um, they probably outperformed us in many areas, but we have better players currently. Yeah, exactly right. So we were still able to get it done on the day. We did really well. I was really happy in the end. Yeah, my, my mood at full time was a lot different to my mood at about like yeah, at 55 minutes. Yeah, about 15 yeah. minutes to go. Yeah, it's like, uh-uh. <laughs> Yeah, like when we just hit the lead, it was like, completely relief hmm. then at full time i was like oh thank god not only because i got to get out of the rain but yeah like yeah that we'd won that game um when you look at the the fact that we've still only lost one game it's absolutely unbelievable yeah it really is like what the the origin period we are done for now because yeah. we've got a buyer coming up and we've gotten, yep. yeah, what, this far with only one loss. And uh, the great man, Angus, I saw pointed out that Ivan Cleary has a 100% record this year. Yes, I saw that because the loss was with um, Andrew Webster, wasn't it? Yeah, which I guess means Cameron Serraldo also has a 100% record. He does. The, you know, the hottest property man on the planet right now. Yeah. And just about the hottest man in general. What a what a beautiful man to look at. What a silver fox. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That's this podcast is it there are two players that we haven't mentioned their names yet. But if we're not mentioning them and raving about how much we love them, we're just talking <laughs> about how hot the coaches are. <laughs> That's what we've come to. Yeah. Um yeah, obligatory mention to Isaiah Yeo and Dylan Edwards. I love you both. <laughs> love you guys. Yeah. Well done. Um, I thought once again, they were pretty good. They were. Like, no one was ridiculously, no one stood out. Um, like, I wasn't like, wow, that person was ridiculous. I think Uppy was really good. But, like, I wasn't like, wow, what a crazy game from anybody. But they just did their job and we got there. Yeah, I actually struggled this week to, um, like, I haven't, I haven't told told you yet who i've picked for my no i think i have image votes um yeah because obviously yeah we're doing it behind closed doors for the rest of the year i i actually really struggled to come up with my 3-2-1 yeah. 
no, for sure. It wasn't as easy as it usually is, which is like, oh, you've got about 10 players to choose from. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was actually very interesting when we were looking at the the list of players at the moment with the tally, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, which it, it seemed pretty even, to be honest. Well, not, yeah, not even, but like accurate. Yeah. Um, just shows that we're, we're just great analysts, aren't we? We are. Yeah. Move over, Cooper Crump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, arrogant hosts for an arrogant team. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, Nat, it has been a bit of a discussion point throughout the rugby league world this week. Um, a few, ah, God, I don't know what to call them. I'm not going to call them anything because I don't really have nice words for them. Um, mm. A few people have uh, raised an issue with uh, Brian Toto uh, oh. pledging his allegiance to Samoa for the upcoming World Cup. Yeah. yeah. Um, they've basically said, yeah, that it's like wrong and he should have to play for the Kangaroos because he played State of Origin. Uh, what are they thinking? Why are they doing this? I know why. <laughs> but, um, um obviously he is within the rules what he's doing if it was not within the rules he would not be playing this week he chose um to pledge his allegiance to Samoa before he was picked for game three so obviously New South Wales don't care about some flow chart or whatever that they've come up with um so I don't really understand why anyone else cares the idea that origin is this like trial for the kangaroos is like this is the first time I've ever heard of this. And it's just because it fits their agenda. It's not. It's just not. There's been plenty of players before that have played without playing State of Origin. I just, I don't understand it. I, I don't understand why our, like of all, I was talking to my brother about this yesterday and there are genuine issues in the NRL, such as some of the players that we still allow to run around, which may not be ideal in terms of, you know, um, what they have been accused of in the past. And instead of being upset about things like that and, you know, the quality of people we have in the NRL, these people want to go after someone who is arguably one of, not arguably, he's easily one of the best role models in the NRL for wanting to play for his state and for his family's country. I really don't get it. Yeah, you're right in that that was genuinely for me as well the first time I'd ever heard State of Origin referred to as a trial for the Australian team. It's because just not. Half the time, the Australian team is, like, completely different to the makeup of the Origin teams anyway because yep. by the time Australia bothers to play, which is, like, once every 10 Barely years nowadays. these days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, like, months after Origin, so form has changed. Yep. Like, someone might yep. have a huge final series and earn a call-up, Yep. It, it's completely ridiculous. And, like, they're trying to, like, stand up for origin, but if anything, they're kind of, like, devaluing it a bit by saying that it's a trial. Because that's... Someone... Really... Sorry, yeah. Someone, because I tweeted about this, and someone was like, state of origin is a made-up concept. It's, and they were entirely correct. Like, it is a made-up concept, which is a great thing, and we love it, but it's not this tale of time cultural thing that everyone from different states hates each other it's a made-up concept which is great for the game great for you know the economy of the game but like to feel like you should have I, I don't know I'm, I'm so confused at how this is a big deal 
I think what I think when we come down to it, it puts people's nose out of joint because the expectation usually is that everyone wants to play for Australia first and foremost. And if you don't get picked one of those teams, then you'll go then play for a second tier nation. Like someone like James Tedesco has done before he played for Italy when he wasn't played for Australia and that was fine. But when someone comes out and says, actually, I would rather play for what they see as a second tier nation over Australia, I think people are clutching their pearls at the thought that someone would rather play for Samoa than Australia. And that comes down to some sort of weird supremacy thing. (laughs) Cause I personally don't care at all. I'm like, that's great. I mean, I'm not Samoan, but if I was Samoan, I would love to play for the Samoan team. Yeah, like if anything, I want them to play for Samoa because it's going to yeah, make it makes for, it more interesting. It's going to make a more competitive World Cup. Definitely. And it's so strange the way there's definitely like a level of people having some like supremacy, like you said, with the yeah. way that they're carrying on. The fact that yeah. I think I think his name is Ben Dobbin. He was the mm. like one who said like I'm calling BS on that on him deciding to play for Samoa, which, like, is that just not ridiculously disrespectful to someone who wants to represent their heritage and do their family proud? Yep. Like, this would not have been a decision that came lightly when you consider the fact that players are actually paid quite well to play for Australia, whereas these other rugby league federations around the world don't have any money, so they can't really afford to pay the players like I think I remember at the last world cup hearing about Tedesco being on $50 a day for the world cup Mm. Mm -hmm. where like the Australian players were on like five grand a game or something like that it's totally different and I think also it's not up to us to tell somebody who you know has Samoan heritage and who was born in Australia who they want to align with that is not for us to that is not for anybody besides that person to decide and if Brian had decided that he would align more closely with Australia, good for him. I would not have remotely judged him for that decision because it's not our decision. So the whole thing is just, it's sad. Like I thought everyone would be happy. I was really surprised people were upset yeah. about it. Yeah, like it's it's something that I think about a lot anyway with like just it's interesting to wonder who's going to play for what nation and stuff like that. Mm. Like you've got someone like Ronaldo Mulitalo who in mm. 2019 at the nines world cup played for the U S mm. um, and then played for Samoa in the Pacific cup or the Oceania cup, whatever it's called. And then played mm. for New Zealand the other week. And you go like, that's yeah. actually really cool that he has the mm. opportunity to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't make it farcical at all because to mm. be honest, like, Rugby league's not a very big sport worldwide. You kind of need players no. doing stuff like that. You do. Because otherwise, you may as well just kick out all the Tier 2 and Tier 3 nations from the World Cup yeah. and have Australia, England and New Zealand play each other. Exactly. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I, I could not believe it. And, yeah, I the fact that people were like arguing against Brian doing this and ignoring how mm. disrespectful a lot of people were with the language they were using around it is. Very much so. It's um, sad. It just makes me sad. I thought we'd come further than that. Yeah. Like these other nations 
are not second class compared to us in Australia. They're not. And I think that, remember that time that Tonga beat Australia and it was like the greatest thing ever? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I didn't feel sad when they beat us. I felt happy because yeah. I was like, this is good. Like actually having, you know, a bit of competition. Um, and the Samoa team is, if, if like I'm, Luai is definitely going to um, commit to Samoa and then potentially even um, Crichton might. And there's a whole bunch of players as well that might follow them. And if they do, this is going to be, such a fun game to watch if they do come up against Australia. Well, opening night of the World Cup is in Newcastle, England, and it's England versus Samoa. They'll beat England, I think. Pardon? I think they'll beat England. Yeah, I think think they're going to absolutely smoke England. Yeah. And that's going to be... Anyone who's not fully respecting them right now surely is going to have to after that because the world's going to yeah. see how good they can be. Yeah. And I really cannot wait for these people to have to eat humble pie over this. Me too. Um, because, yeah, like, it, they just they deserve more respect for this decision. They do. You're listening to the Big Cat Chat podcast on the Sports Best Friends Network. All right, Nat. We have a bit of a funny week. There's no Penrith game to I'm preview. I'm about that. It's so fun watching us to play. Watching us play. I know. I feel. I feel really weird. Like on Tuesday at 4 p.m., I looked in the Panthers app to see the team list, and I got really sad. Yeah. I remembered we weren't playing this weekend. Yeah, that's okay. We'll be good for the break. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I'm looking at like where Parramatta's playing this weekend. I'm like, oh, I might, might go out to that, you know, take Victoria along, you know. Um, although it's at Leichhardt, so if it's really rainy, I might not go. Yeah. Isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. That, that actually, I think it is continuing to rain. I think we've got like two days of freedom of the rain and then it starts again on the weekend. Yeah, I actually... I got an email about five minutes ago pop up on my phone saying that my soccer game for this weekend has already been postponed. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, it's it's not great across Sydney at the moment. Um, so, you know, I might take it as an opportunity to just stay inside and stay warm. That's a great idea. Um, Save some money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not have to buy <laughs> either overpriced, terrible quality food. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, just sit in anticipation for the Origin Decider on Wednesday up at Suncorp Very Stadium. exciting. Very excited for this one. Yes. Uh, New South Wales named an almost unchanged lineup. Um, mm-hmm. Jordan McLean was named um, in place of Payne Haas, but as yep. of what, about two hours ago, he's been ruled out for the hamstring injury. Mm. Really unfortunate for him. Yeah, very unfortunate. Um, I actually, like, I didn't agree with his um, selection at first, but now, yeah, I just feel sorry for him. Me too. I, like, I wasn't sad about his I wasn't as upset I didn't think it was as big a deal as it was being made out like I didn't think we're going to lose because Jordan McLean was at prop um and I I think that especially in the past he's had some really like he's been a really good player so 
it's a big shame for him. Um, and it looks like Safidi might be coming in where we're thinking. Yeah, yeah. Safidi is the um, the only prop in the extended squad. Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see whether he starts mm. or uh, Junior Paolo starts. Yep. Um, because I still th- I think there actually might be a bit more logic in starting Safidi and having more yep. impact off the bench. Yeah. Um, yeah, Safidi's not my favourite player. He hasn't been that good this year. Um, but in the past, much like McLean, has been a very good mm. player. So we know that he is capable of doing a job. Yeah. Um, and thankfully, I don't think the game's going to be won or lost based on this news. That's what how I. That's how I kind of thought. I didn't think the game was going to be won or lost on his selection, and I don't think it's going to be won or lost on the fact that he's out now. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, there's definitely still going to be more factors involved in that. Um, it's This is going to be a big game. I I really I don't know whether we're going to win or not. Um, I keep like changing my mind because I'm like, oh yeah, I think I think we'll get it done. You know, momentum from game two. And I'm like, oh, it's a SunCorp crowd, and I, I'm I'm actually very very nervous. How are you feeling? Um, I'm feeling I'm I was super super nervous before game two because I was so scared that our Panthers were going to be bullied if we lost, and I feel the same way <laughs> yeah. about this because it just seems like no matter what, it's going to be their fault. Um, but I've got confidence in them. I feel quite good about the game. Yeah, I, I I agree with the fact that more of my nerves are coming with like, yeah, just not wanting to read Twitter and see things said about the Penrith players, to be honest. Yeah, totally. Uh, it's like when Nathan finally scored in game two. Yeah, it was like this weightless of shoulders. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, because like Nathan's not my favourite player, but yeah, he is the player that I wanted to score a try most out of anyone. Yeah. And I was so happy for him. And then he got a double. Same. And like I'm like retweeting your tweet saying, you know, um, yeah. like, stick that in your pipe and smoke stick it. Stick that in your pipe haters. and smoke it. Yeah. <laughs> you, have, you have a way with words sometimes. Where I'm like, that's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it just happens. Like you just feel like I don't really like sense it anything on t- like if I feel it, I'm typing it, I'm tweeting it. <laughs> and that's like exactly how I felt when he's got that. Yeah, like sometimes you'll tweet something like that and I, I can just imagine you like writing that down like yeah. aggressively and then like double underlining it. Yeah, and like sending it and being like, oh. yeah, <laughs> I've got that yeah, on my like, chest. Like someone getting a letter and it just opening up and it's yeah. like stick that in your pipe yeah. and smoke it and you're like, oh, yeah, and that's got me there. Like, <laughs> well, we got them. Nathan yeah. got them. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I was I was so relieved for him when that happened. Um, like, I was so excited in 2020 when he got his first try assist in origin. Yeah. And then now that he's got his first try and then he got a second one after. And, like, trying to see people still just put it down to poor defence. I'm like, well, someone's got to take advantage of that poor defence. Yeah, totally. Um, and so many players don't, so. Yeah, exactly. It's like you're saying like... Oh, and you also... Are... Sorry, yeah? I was going to say the pressure that team apply creates that poor defence as well. Yeah, exactly. Like, how do you think Queensland got so worn out? 
Yeah. It's because exactly. New South Wales had them on the back foot and they were forced to, you know, try and exploit the rules and give away a bunch of six agains in a row. And they ended up doing one too many and they got someone sent to the bin, which really came back to bite them in the end. Yeah. Um, that also goes along with, yeah, like the, the roosters thing that we were saying earlier about just because they called a sim bin doesn't mean it lost Queensland the game. Like Queensland lost themselves the game by doing that. Exactly. Totally right. Ridiculous. Like I think we, I mean, the roosters had a sim bin in our game and they managed not to lose by 40. You can't tell me, oh, you get tired. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, don't get fitter. Like all these excuses <laughs> are just that. You, honestly, I wrote a tweet after the Origin game and I was like, friendly reminded that a ref decision, like it's not the fault that you lost. The amount of people who are like, don't you understand that decisions can impact? I'm like, yes, I understand they impact the game. But what I said was it wasn't the fault that they lose. Like it wasn't, you don't blame them. Um, and like just having been mansplained, the fact that players get, tired when there's one player off i'm like sorry that doesn't mean anything to me when there's been teams that have had sin bins against them in one games this year so <laughs> get fit off yeah well weren't the sharks down to like 11 players for a while yeah and the warriors done it as well or something yeah. like that like it's just yeah it's anyway excuses excuses that's all it is yeah you get some um we all get some some oh, i do some odd um responses <laughs> uh you, you yes some- yes you get some real, real, real weird ones. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> uh, yeah, especially if they they disagree, they start, you know, with the the sweeties and the sweet sweaty. Uh, yes, yeah, <laughs> sweaty. Yeah. He's like, no worries, sweaty. I'm like, oh, but <laughs> got you there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm very much looking forward to this decider. Um, I'm not going to be able to enjoy it at all unless the Blues win and we don't have any, like, absolute clangers from the Penrith players. Yeah. Because, uh, well, you just know that we could win by 70 and Nathan could score a hat-trick and that bloke will still write a thread. Um Yeah. The commitment to the hate is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, For anyone who's listening to this who isn't on Twitter, there's a guy who every Origin game um, takes photos of every single time Nathan Cleary touches the ball and draws lines on the screen thinking he's Sturlow in his prime, pointing out where Nathan has made a mistake in a play. And you would honestly think Nathan was the worst player in the world going by those. Absolutely unbelievable stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I I'm I'm thinking the Blues win. Um, I'm gonna go Blues win, and I'm gonna say Nathan gets the man of the match just so he can get man of the series. Yeah. Um, because that would be absolutely unbelievable. I think it would kill so many people. <laughs> oh, it would. Like, how amazing is it gonna be when? You know, Nathan Cleary wins the Dally. Uh, Nathan Cleary wins the man of the series. Isaiah Yo wins the Dally M. And Dylan Edwards wins the Dally Mitch. You know what I thought to myself the other day? There is a real prospect Dylan Edwards could win fullback of the year. Yeah. And do you want to know why? <laughs> it's because Pappenhausen has had quite a few weeks out and he was the only fullback, I believe, by memory, that was ahead of him at the time that Dawes, the 
um, yeah, doors closed for it. Um, and I also think that Dylan's had probably one or two, at least three point games since that time. So he literally could get it. Well, yeah. And like, I don't think any, like Tedesco, I don't think he's probably, the Roosters keep losing. So I doubt he would have gotten too many threes. And I think Walker is the one who gets the threes for them now. Yeah. Um, So anyway, imagine that would be the funniest thing on the planet. It would actually be that I would never stop laughing ever for the rest of my life. I actually think based on who gets the points for their team um, when they win, I actually think our mortal enemy, Clint Gutherson, might be his best um, opposition for it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, yeah. if, if, if he does win it, then I'm just boycotting that award forever. Yeah, me too. That's even something to me. But if Dylan yeah. wins it, it's the most important award on the planet. What, the Dally M? Well, it's the second most because there's the Dally Mitch. <laughs> the Dally Mitch's, yep. Yep. <laughs> it's your way with the Premiership. All right. Well, thank you very much to everyone for listening. Uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at Big Cat Chat. Oh, no. No. I got that wrong, I think. <laughs> uh, you can find <laughs> us on Instagram at Big Cat Chat and on Twitter at Big Cat Chat Pod. I'm not going to know if I got that right until I listen back to it. Um, <laughs> Sounds okay. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah. Make sure to give us a follow, you know, like all our amazing, funny tweets and posts and stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you guys later. Thanks guys. That was good content. We should have recorded it. <laughs> we should have. We can repeat it. <laughs> Sports Best Friends would like to thank you for listening right to the end. You are our kind of people. Find other great sports podcasts in our family by subscribing. And remember, social media isn't a bad place. You just need to follow the right people.